thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX. We're going to jump into the Bible today. And once again, if you came today to watch a niece or nephew get uh, to sing and all that stuff, thank you for being here and uh, joining with us today on our services. We're so thankful that you're here. And once again, next weekend is our candlelight service. Please uh, be here for candlelight. Invite some friends and family. The team is putting a lot of work into candlelight. It's going to be a really, really fun day. Uh, Last weekend, we started a series called When uh, God Came Near. God Came Near. Near. So if you missed it, uh, jump on the podcast and listen to it. But we're going to continue on that series today. God came there. And last week we did Matthew 1. Today we're going to jump over to Luke 1 and 2 and read that portion of the story and then kind of look at both of them together. They're very different stories. So today we're going to jump into Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bible, why don't you go with us to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have it today, it will be on the screen for you. You can follow along. We're going to read kind of a, a, a chunk of scriptures, about 20 verses. And so but I want to read the entire story because there's so many amazing details in this story. So we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. I love verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will not And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. I love that verse. The word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me Come true. And then the angel left her. We'll jump over to uh, verse 39. We'll jump over to Luke 2 after this. A few days later, Mary hurried, the hill, uh, uh, hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband, lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Ten Sundays away from no more trains, everyone. I am very excited. Elizabeth gave in a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Let's jump over to Luke 2. Here we go. At that time, the Roman Empire, Augustus decreed that the census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Aquinas was governor of Syria. All returned to their own and central towns to register to the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth of Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Because there was no lodging available for them. 
That night there was shepherds staying in the fields thereby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I will bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels in the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. We'll, we'll end here. When the angels have returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, and the angels said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds returned, uh, went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Today, I want to talk about, last we went through Matthew 1, and obviously Jesus, and Christmas is about Jesus, and so we talked about Jesus, but today I want to talk more about the person of Mary, the person of Mary. My title for our talk today is Something About Mary. Did not know that was a movie, though, until I submitted all my notes and everything to the team, and Lauren was like, you know, that's a movie, right? I was like, I did not know. So I'm making zero connection to some movie called Something About Mary. I'm talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay? I do not know what was in that movie, did not watch it. But I want to talk about Mary today because obviously Christmas is about Jesus. We focus on Jesus. We think about Jesus, and I think that's awesome. But also, I think Mary is also about another person, Mary. Now, personally, I think the Catholic Church has gone so far and way too far and doctrinally far with Mary, but I don't think the Protestant Church have gone far enough. I think we need to think about Mary more and talk about Mary more because she is an absolutely amazing person. I'll give you three thoughts today from Luke chapter 2 about Mary, about the person of Mary. And my prayer today is that we would take some principles and some things away from this person, Mary, that would apply to our life. Number one is this. It's a fact that throughout all of narrative of scripture, God chooses people to accomplish his will. From Genesis to Revelation, it is how God has built this system. It is how God operates. It's how God works. It's how he moves in the world. As he chooses people to accomplish his will. Right, we can go through the Bible. Israel is in captivity. They want out. They're praying to God, get us out, get us out. God doesn't just get them out. He finds an answer named Moses. And he sends Moses to get them. Israel needs help in a war. So they have uh, the walls of Jericho. He has them walk around with Joshua. Over and over again through Genesis to Revelation, when God is trying to move in someone's life, do something special, he doesn't just do it. Which is amazing because God could just do it. He could just do it himself. He could just show up and just do things. But God has submitted his will to a degree that he wants to use people. He wants partnership. He wants to have a will in your life, my life, this city. But what he does is he chooses people to accomplish his will. He didn't just have a baby in a store just dropped off at their home. Right? He didn't just have a baby born and just did it himself. He, he wanted to choose a person. So my question is, out of all of the people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people at this point in history that are alive, I think we should raise the question, what is it about Mary that he can look over all of humanity and go, I could choose that little girl. 
Now, let's give it context. She's a teenager that is from Nazareth. If you do your history at this point in time, they believe Nazareth was 300 people or less at this point in history. I mean, for, like, smaller than Estacada, okay? <laughs> if you're from Estacada, I apologize. Um, but, like, I mean, we're talking about like deep, like, middle of nowhere, small town. God looks over the world, and he finds one person and goes, I can accomplish the will, my will, through this person. I think we should ask our question, when God wants to accomplish something in this city, in our life, can he look over my life and go, I could use that person? I hope that the same thing that God saw in Mary, he sees in me, he sees in you. That when God says, I want to do something, he goes, I could use her. I could use them. I could use that marriage. I could use that individual. And as by your age or your pedigree, there's something on the inside of us of our faith, our assurance, our confidence, our purity, our righteousness, that God can say, I, I choose you. What is it about Mary that God looked over the whole world and said, I choose a teenage girl? Because God chooses people. Now, what's amazing, when you look at Elizabeth and Zechariah, Zechariah is a priest. And if you notice, from Matthew 1 to Luke 2, Zechariah's response is different than Mary's response. The same angel, Angel Gabriel, talked to Zechariah, talked to Mary. Same thing, Zechariah and Elizabeth are very old in age. The Bible says she is barren, she cannot have kids, she's old in age. Gabriel comes to Zechariah and says the same thing. I'm, your, your wife is going to get pregnant. And Zechariah's response is like, how can this happen? Like, there's no way. This cannot happen. And he's a priest. And the Bible says the, the Lord shuts his mouth. He cannot talk. He, he, he goes deaf until his baby is born. Same angel, same level of a miracle. Hey, you're going to get pregnant with the Son of God. And Mary's response is, I am your servant, let it be. Zachariah's response is, how can it be? Mary's response is, let it be. I don't know about you, but I want to be a Mary in everything God wants to do. Not how can it be, or how is this going to happen, or what do you mean? I pray that you and I could be a Mary, that every time God wants to accomplish something, it's, Lord, let it be. I am your servant. I don't know how, but let it be. I don't know where it's going to be, but let it be. I want to be a let it be person. That when God looks over the world, he goes, I could use that person. And when God speaks to me and God challenges me, I want to say, let it be. Amongst the confusion of, I don't know how, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I am your servant. And she goes, everything you've said, let it be done. See, what's interesting is Zachariah should have responded like Mary. He knows better. He's a priest. He's a pastor. He knows the law, the Torah, and the word at that time, the Old Testament, by heart. He is a very spiritual man. And he just quotes on purpose. He should have, but Lord, yes, absolutely. But he's like, I, I don't know how this is going to happen. And a woman who should not know better, doesn't know the Old Testament, doesn't know Hebrew, doesn't know the Torah, doesn't know the law, doesn't know the law of the prophets. Her response is, I don't know how, but let it be. Because I love God that doesn't just choose who he should choose. He chooses people that don't have the pedigree, don't have the knowledge, don't have the background. But he chooses them because her response was, yes. Absolutely. Let it be. I don't understand. I don't get it. But this is how God operates and how God works. He chooses people to accomplish his will. And I hope today that your response when God speaks to you is like a Mary. Let it be. The second observation from Luke chapter 2 is that God speaks your language. 
You know what's amazing about Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1, the, the story of Jesus being born, is nothing like Matthew chapter 1. Nothing. It's almost two different stories. If you were here last week, we spent all service on Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, it starts with the lineage, all 48 generations and all the names and so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so. Really obnoxious information. And then it goes into these magi, these astrologers, see a star, and they're spoken, and they go all the way to find Mary and Joseph, and then they give the three gifts, and there's all the animals, and it's all the end. Luke 2 is to shepherds, not magi or astrologers. There is no gifts. And if you notice, the language in Luke 2 is all this big wording. Suddenly, the glory of God, the radiance of him, the angels were singing. There's a cloud behind them, the armies of heaven. There's all this massive language used in Luke 2. And there's no details in Luke 2 that are in details in Matthew 1. As think with this, why are they almost two different stories? We must look in the context because the book of Luke is written to Greeks. That's what Luke was trying to address to a Greek audience. Well, if you do your history in context, Greeks love big things. Big wording, loud language, awe me, shock me, draw me in. Greeks are drawn to big things. Matthew is written to Jewish people. You know what Jewish people care about? What's his lineage? Who, where's he from? What's the town? What were they given? What were the gifts? How was Mary? Where were they at? What was the inn? Where were they? Notice how the stories relate to who needs to hear them. So Luke knows the Greeks need big, loud verbiage. And so I'm going to use suddenlies and the radiance and the glory and the angels and the crowds. The Jewish people need details of lineage. I want to submit to you today, when God needs you, he knows how to talk to you. He knows the details you need. He knows the language you need. He knows the verbiage you need. And so I'm so thankful that God doesn't just talk in generalities or corporate. God is specific. God is individual. God is very detailed. And when God needs you, he knows how to talk to you. Parents know this. Have you ever like been around like a two or three year old that's learning how to talk? And it's almost gibberish. And the parent's like, I know exactly what he said. Like, what do you mean you didn't know? He just asked for cookies and milk and wants to sit and watch a show on Netflix, and he wants me to sit next to him. How did you not get that? And everybody else is like, that was, that you're lying. She did not say that. But there's a connection between father and child, mother and child. There's a language connection. I knew how my kids talked. It was gibberish to you, but it was, I knew exactly what he said. It is the same way in God. It might be gibberish to everybody else how he talks to you, but you hear a certain way, you need certain details, you listen a certain way, and good news, God knows it. And how he talks to your spouse might not be how he talks to you. And God will, in a way, come to your level. And speak your language. My prayer is that coming at the end of 2019 for 2020, that you and God start talking. Can I just submit to you, by the way, it's in your DNA to talk to God. When you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit fills you and you become born again, the Bible says, it is now in your DNA to hear and talk to God. It's not because you're a pastor or you're special or you're holy or you're righteous. It is now in your DNA to communicate and talk with God. And it's not, you don't have to strive about it and, and be super unique about it or like, I have to hear this way. No, God speaks your language. Greeks, you want some big things? Here's suddenlies. Here's a choir. Here's radiance. Here's all these details. Jewish, you care about the lineage? Here's so-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so. I get so bored reading Matthew 1. 
Every time, I just skip it. Okay, Jesus. Abraham, Jesus. Let's just skip the 48 generations. But you know who cares a lot? People who care about the lineage, the detail, the unification. Why? Because God knows your language. And he wants to speak with you. Number three, so amazing how God works. So I want to pause for a while. God brings confirmation when you are confused and disturbed. This is phenomenal. I almost call the message confused and disturbed, but it's Christmas. Let's be more positive. (laughs) Think about this. Mary's minding her own business. Gabriel comes and talks with her. Let's put it back up. In verse 29, Luke 1, Luke 1, verse 29. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. We want, the Lord is with me. Yes. Confidence. The glory filled my car. I had holy goosebumps. I felt the Lord there. I read a verse. I knew the Bible. A word came to me. I had a vision. We don't want confused and disturbed. But often, to be really honest, when God speaks, I'm confused. And isn't, that's an interesting word, disturbed. We don't connect disturbed with God's voice often. Hey, did you, did you go to church prayer there tonight? Yes. Did you hear God's voice? Absolutely. How are you doing? I'm disturbed. <laughs> We'd be like, you should go back and get some more prayer. You're not supposed to be disturbed. But if we're more honest with ourselves, when God speaks to our core, and we know it's like, I'm, I'm a little disturbed. I'm a little confused. And you know what doesn't happen? The Lord doesn't say, have more faith. Why are you confused? You, I just said it pretty plainly. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You bless your favorite. It's not confusing. Figure it out. The Lord goes, you're confused and disturbed? That's okay. Let me bring confirmation for you. By the way, your, your relative Elizabeth, old in age, she's pregnant as well. I'm doing miracles and other people, not just you, by the way. Oh, it's, okay, confirmation. Oh, by the way, some, some shepherds are on their way. Some magi, some astrologers are on their way. What is Luke 1, Luke 2, Matthew 1 really saying? When the Lord speaks and operates, he understands our, that we are mere dust, Psalm says. And he doesn't say, suck it up. He goes, I'll give you some confirmation. Even to her spouse, her fiance, Joseph, he goes, I'm going to divorce you privately. I don't know what's going on. You're pregnant, not for me. And then the Lord speaks to him in a dream. Do you know what this proves to me? The Lord has my back. I don't have to fight for people to believe me. No, this is my dream. The Lord talked to me. Please believe me. You know what, Lord? I know you talked to me. I know what you said. And Lord, if it was you, you'll talk to people for me. You'll bring confirmation for me. You'll give people dreams. You'll, you will, God, you are into confirmation. Stop fighting for your dream. Stop arguing with people to believe you. If the Lord has spoken to you, whether it's move, whether it's a business, whether it's start something, whether it's give money away, whatever it might be, I feel the Lord talk to me. Don't argue with people. He'll talk to them for you. Because there, there will be moments when you are serving God. You're like, I'm disturbed. I'm a little confused. I'm a little shaken up. I don't understand fully. But look at her response. She's confused and disturbed. And what does she say? Lord, I'm your servant. Let it be. You know what gives me real confidence? That you can serve the Lord while you're disturbed. You can follow the Lord while you are confused. 
Not every step is a confidence a step of faith and assurance. God will take maybes more often than you realize. It's not always yes, absolutely, emphatically. God will take yes with question marks. He'll take yes with maybes. He'll take, I don't know, I think so, maybe. I'm a little confused, I'm a little disturbed, but I'm gonna keep moving, I'm gonna keep operating, because Lord, I don't get it, but let it be unto me as you have said. I am your servant, I don't understand, but Lord, if it's your will, let it be. And then he starts working on your behalf. Oh, Mary, I'll work on Joseph. Don't you worry about it. I'll speak to him for you. I'll, I'll send Elizabeth. I'll send some shepherds and some magi and some astrologers. I will, I will give you so much confirmation that you will know this was of me. The band can join me. We're going to worship today. I really want to go back to that thought, man. There's something about Mary. There's something about this individual that's so much confidence, so much faith, so much assurance to say, yeah, I don't want to be a Zachariah. I don't want to be a, Lord, how can this be? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't see it. I want to be a let it be church, a let it be individual, let it be follower of Jesus. Maybe today the Lord's been speaking to you for a while. You need some confirmation about to move or about to stay or a job or a relationship or money or kids or whatever it might be and you're seeking out confirmation. Don't fret. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that he is the author of clarity, not confusion. He wants to give you clarity, speak to you, give you confirmation. Maybe you're here today, I'm not really Zachariah, I don't have the family or the pedigree. It's okay, you don't have to be a Zachariah. You could be a Mary, a no one, middle of nowhere, a nowhere town, nothing, but God saw something. Now, end where I started. I hope when God wants to do something, he looks at my life, looks at your life and says, that's someone I can use. There's something about her. There's something about this individual that God looked upon and said, yes. Can we stand to our feet today?